because I'm the one giving it, because it is what God would have us to do. So this morning we're going to be talking about the song of faith. We've been talking about responding to God's gifts at Christmas, or his gift rather, the gift of Jesus. This is the fourth message in that. We're going to look at another song. We're going to look at Simeon's song about giving Jesus praise and glory. So if you would like to turn to Luke chapter 2, we are going to uh, look at this character named Simeon. We don't know a lot about him, but he had something very important to share. It made the Bible. It's important for that reason, and it has application for us today. So if you're there in your copy of God's Word, uh, the second chapter of Luke, I invite and encourage you to stand in honor of the reading of the Word, and we will begin reading in verse 22 and read through verse 35. It says, And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what, had, what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Father, we ask a blessing upon this, your word. And now, Father, apply it to our hearts through your Holy Spirit, that we might serve you more effectively. We ask and pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So this is Simeon's Song of Faith, and we're going to see uh, several things about this song as he is, is giving praise and glory to the Christ child. The first thing I want you to see that it's a song that comes from, it arises from a heart and a life of faith. What we see here in those first few verses, just a little background, Jesus has been born, and according to the law, and it, it says that, it's 
they travel from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. They go up to Jerusalem to the temple that they might complete, or for Mary, rather, to complete the rite of purification as written in the law of the Lord. And for baby Jesus to be presented to the Lord because he is the first male to open the womb. And according to Leviticus, that first male that was born, if he was a firstborn child, then he would be dedicated to the Lord. And so that's going on. So you see that Mary and Joseph are people of faith, and we kind of already knew that, what with their being chosen for this. But they're being obedient. And now when they get this, when they come to the temple and about this time Jesus is probably six weeks old and aside from the shepherds who came to the manger and of course you had the angelic choir that night out there with them nobody else knows that Jesus has been born and nobody understands who he is as far as the messiah but when he gets into the temple, they're just going through, and the temple's a big place. They're, they're probably actually outside in the courtyard. Imagine uh, a mom with her firstborn child and a stranger walking up to you and your baby's six weeks old and taking him and lifting him up and start talking about him. That, that's what happened. Simeon knew who he was because it had been revealed to him by God that he was going to see the Lord's Messiah. Simeon was a man of faith. Now, Mary allowed this to happen. And uh, yeah, I know how new moms are. I remember we were, I don't know, Luke wasn't that much older than this. We were in a restaurant once and the waitress was just cooing over Lucas as a child. And she wanted to hold him, and she was holding him. And then she started walking away toward the kitchen. She's going to show somebody else. Next thing I know, my arm's getting dressed. She, Go get him now. <laughs> like, she said, get him now. Like, Whoa, okay. So I, I went and got him. Uh, but Simeon just comes up to him and takes the baby Jesus and lifts him up and starts. Now, they knew this was a special child. They knew that. And they recognized that Simeon had also been told this. So he comes up, and like I said, this, he's guided by the, whole Spirit, the, by the Holy Spirit. He's in the Spirit at the time. Because even though he had been told that he would see the Lord's Messiah... There's all kinds of people coming into the temple out. He's, he's probably coming there on a repeated basis. And yet, at that particular time, he's walking. He was a person of faith. And he sees this couple with a baby, and the Spirit reveals to him that's, that's the one. Now, Luke doesn't tell us a whole lot about Simeon, but I want you to look at ver the first part of verse 25. This man was righteous and devout. 
He was a faithful Jewish person who followed the law. We, we, we know that from just what Luke says under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Point being, there's a whole lot of stuff that's not told about him. But that's what's mentioned. Here's the point. He was recognized as holy and devout. What about us? When people see us, when people observe us, and, and Christmas is the time when we go and we're spending time with people, family, and we don't always see them throughout the year, and so there's going to be other people around us, maybe even some family that you're not particularly fond of, but they're family, so y'all get together. If we were to go to those people and say, how would you describe him, her, would these words be two that they would select to describe you? You see, according to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, in Christ, we are new creations. We're new creatures. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are to become new. Is the difference discernible? And this is convicting to me, too, because... I have family members, there's members of the family, that if right now you were to ask them to describe me, would these two words be the two they chose for me? Maybe not. And I say that sadly because it should be. The people around us should be able to see Jesus in us. The second thing, and this is really key, is if we're going to have that song of faith, if we're going to be able to sing and praise and bless God like we're called to, what we see in Simeon's life, that this song of faith was shaped from a life that was focused. Now think about it. I haven't done a, a, a study on this, but Simeon may be, may be the only person who was given a guarantee of life until something happened. That means he knew he was not going to die until this thing happened. And this thing in his life was to see the arrival of the Messiah. Now, he wasn't told that it would be a baby. Maybe Simeon was expecting you know, a full-grown man to appear suddenly as a Messiah, whatever. But he was waiting, he was focused, he was looking on that. And when Jesus showed up as a baby, the Holy Spirit revealed, that's him. But how much time had passed when the promise was given until the fulfillment? We don't know. But he was promised, he had a direct word from God, Simeon, you will not die until you see the Lord's Messiah. Until the one we've been waiting for as a people for all these centuries, you, Simeon, are going to live until this happens. How, how much time? I don't know. Could have been years. What would you do with your life if you knew you couldn't die until such and such a time? Simeon waited. He, 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 
He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, this is not directly, this guy wasn't given a a sentence or a promise that he would live till such a time, but he was dying. He he could be dead now. I, I don't know, I couldn't find that out. But, there's this story that I ran across, and I was thinking about this, because if you're a big movie buff, if you're a movie fan, two days ago, something big happened. Something big. They released the ninth and final installment of the Star Wars franchise, The Rise of Skywalker. It's huge! Now, some of you are like, Star Wars? Okay, well, that's all right. doesn't matter if you've seen the movies. The first one, the very first Star Wars movie, was made in 1977, 42 years ago. There's a fan. He was residing, like I said, I don't know if he's still alive. He's residing in a hospice house in England. And he appealed to the producers for a private pre-release screening. The company agreed and he viewed the film on November 29th, the day after Thanksgiving. In his thanks to Disney, the man said this, What I am going through is completely dire. Then to top it all off, I thought I wasn't going to see the film I had been waiting to see since 1977. I still can't believe it. The only way I can describe this to you is to say this must be what it feels like to be told you have won a million pounds. And pounds is England's monetary unit. It's close to a dollar. It's a lot of money. This guy has been waiting. He's going to die. And he, he didn't want to walk out of this life without seeing that last movie. He was that close, and that's what he was fixed on. It was on his bucket list. Now, is there anything wrong with seeing a Star Wars movie? Absolutely not. Is there anything wrong with four-wheeling, scrapbooking hunting, fishing, doing these... Uh, no. But for the believer, for those of us that are, that are celebrating Christmas and we're, we're saying Jesus is the reason for the season, there should be an expectation in our life that shapes us. And that expectation should be Jesus' second return. They were focused on the first advent, and they thought that was it. They thought it was all one package. They didn't know. We have the whole Bible. We know. We know he's coming back. But does that expectation shape and focus our life as we live? It should. We're told to set our mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And if, you don't, or if you're not familiar with it, that's Colossians 3, 2. But if you're not familiar with Titus, Titus, it's a short book, three chapters there in the New Testament 
I want to read to you chapter 2, verses 11, 13. According to Titus, what we should be, what should shape our life, that focus should be the blessed hope. Scripture says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Jesus has come, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what should shape our life. As we do these other things, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with doing things, for us, there's an overarching goal that should focus us. We talk about bucket lists. What are you living for? What, what do you hope to accomplish? You know, I, we took, Taylor and I took Luke out to L.A. a couple months ago, and we got a brief couple-hour stop at the Grand Canyon. Hey, I'd like to go back. That's a pretty cool place. Some people look at it and say, yeah, it's a big hole in the ground. I thought, wow, that is really neat. I saw the handiwork of God there. Am I gonna I don't know. I don't know if I'll get back or not. There's nothing wrong with having there's there's other things I'd like to do. Is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with a lost person on your bucket list. We say this is our, our life, this who we live for, who we follow. Is it that important enough to, that we have a desire to share the message with others? As we go doing, and you can even do that as you're accomplishing lists or accomplishing items on your bucket list. Hey, you can, you can share Jesus at the Grand Canyon. You, you, you can share Jesus while you're skydiving. If that's, I don't know why in the world you'd want to do that. Or bungee jump. I always think that, I never have done that, and I probably never will. I always think that thing's going to bust. Right before you smack into a rock or something. I think, yeah, this would be the one time it doesn't snap me back up. It just, <laughs> so I haven't done it, and I'm not planning. It's not on my list. But if, if that is, you know, while you're waiting in line, you can say, hey, if that cord breaks, do you know where you're going? You know, I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> you might talk someone right out of bungee jumping, but uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that blessed hope should focus our lives. And third, I want you to see that the song of faith brings feet Freedom from fear of the future. See, in 28 and 32, Simeon keeps talking. He took, takes up baby Jesus and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Now, we don't know how long Simeon died. We don't have any other biblical information. Church tradition tells us that he died shortly after this. But look at what he's saying. You are letting your servant depart in peace. For mine eyes have seen 
your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. See, that wasn't, that wasn't a big common thread back then. He was a Jewish Messiah. And here Simeon is talking about, hey, he's, he's for other, He's for the whole world. And, you know, the temple, a very public place. It's the marketplace. It's, it's out there where all the people are. And he's holding Jesus. This is not done in a corner somewhere. He's witnessing. He's taking his faith outside. He wasn't worried about what people were going to think about him, what was going to happen to him. He was at peace because he, like King David, as it says in Acts 13, 36, that he fulfilled his purpose in his generation. Now, we are not called upon us right here. We're not called upon to right all the wrongs of the world. We're not. It, it, we're called to do something for Christ. Here, now, in our generation. Because what do we sing about when we sing these Christmas songs? We talk about the eternal Son of God leaving the glories of heaven to come and be born in a dirty feed trough where animals slept in a cave. He didn't come to do that just so we could sing Christmas carols. The Son of God did not come to this earth and pay a sin debt that he didn't owe that we might just sit here and sing songs to each other. Now, this is encouraging right now. This is great. And there's nothing wrong with this. It is right and it is good that we praise our God here as a family but if that's all we do it's not enough he is calling us to go out there as well this yes this is important this is life-giving that we together celebrate with hearts that are united in a faith that is common because it resides in the person of Jesus Christ and that strengthens us so that when we depart, we might serve him. Simeon fulfilled his purpose in his generation, just like King David did. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to God. We come to the conclusion of, of this service. I want Mark, the musicians, to come. And I want you just to, to think about this Christmas season and, and what you have been allowed to experience, the blessings. And then I want you to think about the ability you have been given to convey, to pass along those blessings to others. 
You know, it's, 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 it's a scary world out there in a lot of ways. Uh, and it's getting harder and scarier in a, lot, in a lot of ways. We're seeing the gradual rise of persecution. And we're looking at a, a world that they're okay with what we're doing in here. Or let me say they have been okay with what we're doing in here. Uh, the past generation was okay with us singing songs about Jesus all we wanted as long as we stayed in here. Just don't take it out there. There's a generation that's now on the horizon that they're not even happy about this. They want to put a stop to this. Anything that's exclusive with Jesus only, oh, that, that's like hate speech. And they want to they eliminate the Christian church in America. They're coming even for the churches. But I want to share a verse with you out of the book of Romans. Just like Simeon was unafraid to, to proclaim Jesus, you might say, well, yeah, old Simeon, man, you just told me he was an old man. He's getting ready to die anyway. I'm young. I've got my whole life in front of me. Romans 8.15 says this, that we as believers, now this is believers, this is for people who name the name of Jesus and have a relationship with him as Lord. It says, we have not been given the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but we have received the spirit of adoptions as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We don't have a spirit of slavery. And fear. We're to be that close to God that we can cry out Abba. And in the Hebrew, that word means daddy. It speaks of a relationship, the closeness of God through Jesus Christ, that we can do that which he's called us to do. So for the believer, as we celebrate Let's make sure we're sharing Christ. And if you happen to be here and you've never received Christ, if he's still just a baby in a manger to you, the Spirit of Jesus is here to grant freedom from the power of sin and to offer new life, an abundant life, in Jesus that will last forever. And that offer stands open today. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for... Your goodness and your grace, I thank you for your gift of Jesus. Lord, he didn't have to come. You didn't have to send him. Love brought him to us, this world. And Father, what a gift. A gift the like of which has never been nor will ever be duplicated. The ultimate and perfect gift. A Lord and Savior. Oh, Father, thank you. For those of us who know you and you know us, you've redeemed us. Father, help us to be thankful and bold in sharing this gift with others. But, Father, you just draw those to yourself who need to receive this gift. We ask, we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. I'd like to ask you to please stand, turn to page 657. <laughs>
Thank you for being here this morning. It's a privilege to stand before you and open the Word of God. I hope you've been blessed uh, by being with us this Christmas season.